Here in the Time of COVID, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that's pecking our heads about the pandemic and everything we are doing to get through this little patch of whatever it is we now call life. I'm Lucy Cecil. And I am Olivia Taylor. Hello, Olivia. <laughs> oh, it's back like the old days. Hello, Olivia. <laughs> oh, yeah, if only it were back like the old days. Oh, if only. <laughs> it's very much not the old days. It is the uh, glittering new, new days. Uh, glittering being the wrong word. Um, how are you? Um, yeah, I am fine. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, I feel like I, I need to sort of get in the rhythm of um, being speaking normally again because I've just had like so many Zoom meetings where I've just been like, mm, yes, and we will we'll use those learnings um, yes we will push forward the the deliverables yeah the deliverables and the media plan and the agenda so um now it's yeah it's nice to not be doing that for a second but um yeah the chat shit instead yeah yeah basically <laughs> um, yeah I had, I had quite a nice day i um ran out um for a little 40 minute sprint along the canal and then um came back and then carried on with those bits but yeah just just that really what have you done today nice. uh today i have um done a bit more uh, research and writing around a sort of script i'm working on which it just always sounds so much more glamorous than <laughs> that is <laughs> like i assure everybody listening it's it's hobbying uh who, know, who knows that you begin hobbying and then maybe you start take it somewhere so yeah i did a bit of that and um also wrote a letter to my friend um alex i hope that that arrives before he listens to this because <laughs> yeah. it's a surprise i've written i've done him a uh, a playlist of songs and then decided to write my notes on every single one of those songs <laughs> oh amazing also i've never so, heard of hobbying being used as a verb like that is that right is that hobbying i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's right <laughs> I'm not sure or anything. I'm not, I, I as I, I said like... in the last podcast, same this 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 week. I'm not sure of anything anymore, Olivia. So <laughs> okay, it's probably not a word. Blanket disclaimer over everything. No, I was just interested because I want to use hobbying more. I do definitely do that as well, though, where I use words that either a are used wrong in the wrong context completely, hmm. or b are just not words. So, well, you are part of the beat generation. You are a Dadaist linguist. <laughs> That's you. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, so, what Olivia are you living and longing for this week? Well, as I'm sure you have seen on my social media posts this week, my day that hasn't been dominated by Zoom calls has been dominated by ruminations on bikes. Yes. So I am living for the amount of information, the amount of intel and the amount of interest in my potential buying of a bike. God, I, I, bet, I bet you were inundated. I can I imagine. Absolutely inundated. And I thought like, I'll probably get a few, like knowing like my friends slash our friends. Um, yeah, the main players. The main players are all keen cyclists. And, you know, I had my suspicions about a few others as well. <laughs> Um, but oh my god if it, if it wasn't people giving me like the most detailed comprehensive information that it was other people being like I need this forward me everything you get so it right. was like a two-pronged thing and it's really just been what my day has been to be honest and um, I think I'm going to get a hybrid that much I've learned I didn't know what hybrid was before I'm still slightly unclear but I know that's the best thing for me yeah um, and yeah I've been sent loads of links and um, speaking of Alex Alex sent me probably the most comprehensive um list of, of things that I need to do and to look into I just yeah I felt so I felt very grateful that um yeah. I've taken the time to do that because it's just it was so much information I was just shocked like I was doing a few calls and then I like went back to my phone and it was just like Whoa like so many things it was like I've read a novel of bike information in a day ah. um so I'm like living for the opportunity that I will hopefully have in the future where I can ride a nice bike because although luckily I don't think I am under any pressure to have to go back 
to work soon as in actual building like I'm still working from home um obviously there's going to come a time where that does happen and I don't know that you know given everything that's happened in the past week whether it'll be a situation where you know the virus is at zero like it's just not going to be so yeah I don't really want to take four trams a day to and from no um fair enough so I thought I need to come up with solutions but then I looked at the route and it looks like I have to like go on some main roads and I'm really scared yeah that is ah surely you can go mainly along the canal yeah I thought that but then I thought does it take like ages longer but to be honest my commute is stupidly long for it's only like three and a half miles you know for what yeah. it is. so um yeah I can probably afford to like do a more roundabout route that's not that way but I need to work it out but if you're just going on like the fastest way it's 19 minutes that's good yeah yeah no definitely cycling would be it'd be great like to cycle to work and I think you're right it's like a good way to uh deal with the in-between time that we don't really know what that's going to be like um as it approaches yeah um, and, and also like, like why not yeah and I'm hoping that like you know I can do that in the in-between times and then when it gets like fully Baltic I'll feel a bit more confident about getting back on the tram um yeah I really want to like cycle in the pitch darkness of Salford no god no um but anyway that is what i'm living for um feeling the wind through my hair as i go through the sights of salford that'll be gorgeous and i am longing for our socially distanced walk that we're going to have in the next couple of weeks now that we are allowed to meet one other non-household member at a safe distance for a walk how do you feel absolutely cannot wait to meet one other household member at a distance for a walk do so much sports together can't wait I know like I feel like maybe this is gonna change me as a person not only in like all of the more sort of obvious ways but maybe I'm just gonna become sportsy oh yeah okay I'll bring um some rackets (laughs) okay but um I'll probably have like wear like use your racket with like a thousand pairs of gloves or whatever (laughs) <laughs> yeah obviously i also don't have any rackets here so it's not actually gonna happen i was gonna say you have to throw it to me across the car park i've got a football though we can kick that at one another that'll be cute yeah um there'll be a lot of me no. losing the football but um it's oh, not exercise fine. isn't it so you know. exactly that's what i always say when i kick it really badly to like izzy i'm like oh it's good run for it it's good for you <laughs> I, I went i went to drop something off at my um on my nana's doorstep the other day like some food or mm. something and then I was like just going back to the car and then there's these like kids playing in the road and they um kicked their football into my nana's front garden into like the hedge and they, like when it happened we all just like froze and looked at each other like <laughs> like no what one, happens next yeah like what happens next like no one can move and I just like was like stood there and then the dad like noticed and was like kids stay where you are I'm going to go and get the ball. And I was like, yeah, go and get the ball. That's fine. And um, yeah, it was just like, like, we're all just being so weird about what was just like such a normal thing before. It was like a bit sad, to be honest. Yeah, those those kind of interactions, um, I've noticed like on a walk or something where you've got to like move away for somebody, like just stand in a hedge while like somebody walks past or whatever, so you're yeah. far, away, far enough away or whatever. It's like, those are the bits where it's like, God, this is fucked. <laughs> I know. Like, so and you bizarre. feel so rude because you might got like your back to them, like half away up a hedgerow. Yeah, um, or like crossing the road, like like you don't want to be near them or something. Yeah, it just yeah. you know, feels personal, but it's not a promise. I know. I'd be hugging you all if I could. I mean, I wouldn't. But <laughs> no, I would not. Um, that's like the only good. The only good thing about this is that I'm like not a very tactile person, so it's not as though I'm like massively missing loads of hugs off loads of people. Like I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. Mm. i thought i thought i wasn't like hugely tactile but i definitely miss like a bit of human contact i think it's wrapped up in like literally just seeing other people and like hanging out with your mates and stuff like that but like i've have not touched a human apart from maybe accidentally bumping into izzy or adam for like eight nine weeks (laughs) yeah you still try and like socially distance from them no we just don't touch (laughs) yeah 
like we, we always say it's odd that like um me and adam like never hug because like if we didn't live together every time we sort of saw each other we'd be like oh hey yeah like have a hug like like he does with my other sister or you know like my parents or whatever but i've like barely ever hugged him so like that's never happened it's funny yeah you're like you're like almost too close for hugging yes oh definitely yeah do not touch me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but um I, I will uh enjoy the return to touching <laughs> yeah i think i think for me it's all about it's all about the facetime that's what i'm yeah like the opposite of facetime but facetime is what i want yes time for face yeah um mm. what are you living and longing for other than you know the touch of a good woman well um as I mentioned on the podcast previous weeks, uh, last Friday was my 30th birthday. Woo! <laughs> pow, 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 the crowd goes wild! Um, <laughs> and I am just living for, uh, and will live, dine off for days, uh, the absolute effort and um, time that, the, my family and friends put into making sure I had a nice time whilst in a lockdown birthday. So I was supposed to be going to uh, Devon with my family um, and we usually go and have breakfast on the beach in this place called, this cafe called Duckies. And my family, um, <laughs> I woke up on my birthday, I sort of like had a shower and I like got ready to like start the day or whatever. I kind of knew there was something was gonna be afoot. And um, Izzy texts me being like, do not come out of your room yet. And I was like, okay. <laughs> literally had to wait like an hour <laughs> of like it was like a an, a quarantine within a quarantine <laughs> <laughs> oh my god double quarantine on your birthday so yes yeah, so that was my lovely first present of the birthday um and then when I was released from my uh bedroom boudoir um they had uh recreated duckies the calf uh in the living room complete with a live stream of the beach that where we usually oh. go seagull Seagull sounds that my sister, my older sister, had like made herself because she couldn't find seagull sounds that had a pebble beach. So she made a pebble beach and seagull sounds because she could only find it with sand. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is the intent. This is how good. She, this is how far she goes. And then also, so we had a big a full fry up, which is what you always have, like full English. Um, Izzy and Adam were pretending to like run the run the cafe. It was dead funny. My parents and my sister and. Um, her husband and Leo were on an, on a, a on a Zoom call, um, and Emily even sent me this, which is a tiny little perfume called Salt Air, which is supposed to smell like the sea, so that I had all of the senses. <laughs> and this this smells amazing, by the way. I love it. I like keeps being like, mm. so um, that was so nice, uh, and I was very touched. Um, and then uh, sort of had the rest of the day, went for a walk. Um, it was such nice weather. We came back and we had, um, Emily had also sent like stuff to make crab sandwiches, which is another thing we always have when we're there. So we had that for lunch. And then um, I sort of said to Izzy and Adam, I said, um, is there any sort of like evening Zoom planned or whatever? Because like, greedy now. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I would just like to know, you know, and they were like, they were like, um, yeah, there's something, um, not sure what time, uh, yeah, there's something. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I'm going to go and like have a shower, wash my hair and stuff and like, um, go and like have a little moment in my bedroom because it, this is what it felt like that day felt like you're on holiday. And like, I was so hot and like, I was like on holiday. It was like that bit yeah, where you go back. <laughs> Pre-dinner. Yeah, it was like that bit where you go back to the hotel room yeah. <laughs> and like get ready for dinner. It was I loved it so much. That's like one of my favorite times. <laughs> <laughs> I did that and then I had a couple had a couple cans and then had dinner and then I get a text eight o'clock from my older sister Emily with a sort of image which says like it's like an invite. It says you're invited to join Baron Smint for um, after dinner drinks, um, and the event was called After Eight Thirty, which I loved so much. It was so funny. <laughs> and then I got told basically that I was going to be doing a murder mystery, and that I needed to become an investigative journalist within half an hour and get a costume, etc., ready. And I was like, Oh my god, I lost my mind. I I sort of thought that maybe she would do like some sort of Zoom with a couple mates or whatever or family, um, but I did not expect this full blown hurrah. Um, so I got ready yeah I got ready and I was 
shouting at his inanimate going, who else is going to be doing it? Who else is doing it? Oh my God, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> um, I got ready and then, you know, on the Zoom and there were 1,000 million of my friends that I would not have even like anticipated would be involved. I sort of thought like maybe you would be there, maybe like a couple of other mates by the the guest list the is stunning players. which I have you to thank for <laughs> yeah you you yeah. did such a good job I was paranoid I would forget like a key member sorry if you're listening to this and you wanted to be invited let me know for next year <laughs> you had you got everyone like you got everyone so well done um and yeah everyone just so there were I don't know how many people there were then what commenced was just all of my friends being stunning actors and everybody like putting in so much effort, so many gags, so many laughs, and 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 like a format that actually worked quite well in a way that like you'd be like, how would you do a Zoom murder mystery? But there are ways, and it works, and it's loads of fun. And yeah, I, I, was just... I, I was wondering how it was all gonna actually work, but it did work. Yeah, it did. It was really good, and like I just couldn't every time like each person was revealed to me I just like lost my mind that like these people were doing it and like everyone was dead funny and it was just like so nice and I felt like um so uh blessed and um uh, my heart was very full that day <laughs> it's honestly like so. so nice to do something that wasn't a a quiz and b um involved doing a full face of makeup and a costume because yeah it was just like fun and it felt like you were going through that process of like having to get ready because I was like rushing being like oh god like I've got to put my makeup on I've got to go downstairs for this time and, and yes, I, like, yeah. as close as you can possibly get to like being able to go on a night out with your friends that you yeah. could have had um so that was just nice to have the novelty of that and to um put some lipstick on to be honest yeah oh my god same I had I put my lip on I loved it mm. and like I just um thought it was amazing and it was probably one of the best birthdays I've ever had so well done everyone it was so lovely people who are having lockdown birthdays are being like lockdown birthdays are the best and um someone who I am friends with is having um their 30th in the next couple of months Mm. and they've said like even if the lockdown is lifted I just want to do it on Zoom because it suits my personality more. So like, why change it? So we're just going to do it on Zoom. And like, maybe that will be how things are. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think that one of the reasons behind like lockdown birthdays being good, because I've heard other people I know have had birthdays, lockdown ones have said they've been like the nicest ones and stuff. Is that I think it takes, it releases a lot of the pressure of being like, you've got to do like, go and do loads of great things, whatever on your birthday. And I think also like people are, really want to make sure people are having a nice time lockdown birthday wise so they organize shit for you and do stuff and like that's really nice not that they wouldn't do stuff for you outside of this situation but just that like it's it's uh like why not there's like a reason to do some extra bits and like yeah, yeah no I thought it was stunning I loved it loads and it just what it really made me wanted to do though at the end of it was like do a murder mystery with all those people but in real life obviously like that's the only thing that could be better just love a murder mystery so much they're so stupid it made me want to have like a going out dancing after party so I was sad that we couldn't do that yeah that would have been the high like the the cherry on top but But did we listen to the Saturday seven minute mega mix yes we did we did (laughs) so all was not lost yeah, absolutely. So great. Thank you so much to my sister Emily who organized <coughs> organized it all with the help of you. Um and yeah, I'm forever grateful. I will never forget it. Thank you so much. So what are you longing for, you 31st? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm longing for the fact that I'm gonna do a Zoom murder mystery every birthday from now <laughs> till the end of my days. Yeah. Um uh, actually what I'm longing for is big news. This just in last night, I sent you a screenshot of it. Uh, Hamilton is coming to Disney Plus. Oh, that's going to be... Can we believe our luck? The bomb to my soul. (laughs) I think it's July 13th, is that right? Or June 13th? Don't know. Neither of those, I don't think, by what I'm looking at. It's July 3rd. That's what it is. It's July 3rd. July 3rd, Hamilton will be on Disney Plus. I will be signing up for my free trial. Me and you are going to do a watch along. It's going to be stunning. I cannot wait. 
I've wanted to obviously, I mean, I listen to the soundtrack all the time, but to see it again will be so fun. And yeah, love it loads. Yeah, I've been listening to musical soundtracks so much. Um, Have you? I don't, I don't know why that's like become a thing of lockdown for me, but it really has. And um, it's been Joseph a lot this week. And whenever we like go anywhere in the car, which is like basically never, um, yeah. it's a good treat to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's what I'm living and longing for. So some pride news this week. Um, I'm sure most people who live in our area know that Manchester Pride um, got cancelled today. So it'll be, yeah, in a bit of time when you listen to this. Probably everyone will know by then. But um, yeah, it's been cancelled, um, which is obviously um, very sad, but definitely the right thing to do. And um, it follows on from lots of other Pride cancellations that have happened in the past couple of weeks. And um, Brighton Pride also, um, they announced a 2021 over the rainbow parade that will celebrate the NHS and key workers when that finally um, comes around. So that'll be really nice if that is like a thing that can happen in 2021. It's just hard to, I guess, envisage how things are gonna look. I read this um, interesting article in the New York Times, which um, was basically, I think it was entitled, how does a pandemic end? Right. And it kind of takes you through a potted history of well the world's history with pandemics which spoiler alert is not particularly fab apart from smallpox which was bad at the time but then they managed to find a vaccine and it wasn't present in animals so it basically just like eradicated it and it was all fine yeah. um other than like one guy who got it in the 70s or something but um that was about it and yeah so that's kind of interesting but then it talks about like there are two ways that it can in inverted commas end which is either like medically, so either by like finding a vaccine uh, or, you know, it just kind of peters out over time, I guess like SARS did. Um, obviously yeah. this is like massively caveated, like I'm not a scientist, this is like just what I read a bit in the Times. And um, also then there's like the social end to it, which is really interesting and it kind of harks back to what um, the government was sort of talking about in the first few weeks of this when they were saying that like, they wanted to do things at the right time, which we obviously know like wasn't necessarily the right time when they did those bits, but also about this kind of like wear out thing that comes in socially where even though the sort of flames of a virus are still sort of burnishing, people just decide it's the end of it, even though it's not the end of it, like medically, yeah. and they'll go out and live their life sort of living alongside the virus and adapt in ways that are imperfect but in ways that kind of mean that they can do more than what we're doing now and it's like who gets to decide that and when and will it be like this kind of combination of like medical and social um reasoning that kind of ends in inverted commas the pandemic and I think like that is probably what will happen like it'll be some kind of combination of both of those things which kind of bring us into this new reality whatever that looks like but it was interesting to think about how things actually end when we've been in this sort of state for what feels like forever I guess yeah and I think yeah it's it's so hard to envisage what that will look like um obviously and also this is a different kind of virus than like other ones we've had before in the sense that like the world has never locked down in this way so much that it's like going to be such a sort of different landscape when it, if it you know if and when it reopens up how it does it's it's all like so bizarre to think about and try to get your head around how like so many different facets of our society will be um uh, after after in inverted commas as well this so uh yeah no interesting article i'll, I'll give that a read yeah it was good um so yeah, it is sad about the pride things, but um, yeah, definitely the right thing to do, but hard to imagine what the future of that will be like anyway. Because I guess like, even if the pandemic in inverted commas ends, they'll, they will want to sort of safeguard against it happening again. So like, you know, going forward into the next five years or so, what is it going to look like? You know, yeah. like, will it be a socially distant pride and what would that even mean but yeah I guess it all remains to be seen but um just another one of the many cancelled um large-scale events happening across the summer 
Um, also important to note that this week, the queer icon Little Richard died. Um, that's been all over the news. And I've kind of had a bit of a delve into his kind of history with his sexuality and Christianity. Yeah. And it's like really interesting. Um, have you read any stuff about Little Richard since this is all? Uh, a few bits, yeah. Um, not loads though. What have you read? I read an article in Them um, entitled A Genius, Queer Icon Little Richard, remembered by Janelle Monet and John Waters. It's interesting because he has had periods where he's denounced homosexuality, he's embraced it, um, he's talked about struggling with it, he's kind of gone through a lot of um, a lot of struggles with all of these things kind of how they how they work together for him and, and his identity so the first paragraph reads long before artists had the language to describe their queerness there was little richard the pioneering musician and self-proclaimed architect of rock and roll died at age 87 on saturday from bone cancer following a long life of struggling to reconcile his femininity sexuality and his christianity after years of saying that he believed homosexuality was unnatural, he admitted in a 1995 penthouse interview, I've been gay all my life and I know God is a God of love, not of hate, and later called himself omnisexual in a 2012 GQ profile. Um, so yeah, it kind of goes through um, how he sort of deals with all of these things and how on one hand he's completely embracing and is this you know complete pioneer and then another side is sort of really grappling with a lot of self-hatred and you know pressure from the time that he was in and yeah and that sort of cultural context and not only was um you know there was the sort of aspect of his sexuality but also of his identity and you know sort of like like Bowie at the time, like wore makeup, um, talked about being omnisexual. And it, I guess at that time when there's no sort of roadmap um, for queer identities in the way that maybe there is now, not that there's a roadmap to subscribe to, but there's people that you can reference and people that you can um, feel an affinity with, I guess that was um, a lot less available then. So. Um, that kind of back and forthness, I suppose, was like symptomatic of the time and really, really sad, but also really amazing for all of the things that he did manage to do in sort of pushing um, the ability to be yourself and to be this big presence and to be someone that was so beloved in quite a mainstream way at the time. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely had like a fascinating life. Um, and yeah, there's a lot to be... Uh explored in in the you know why he was the way he was with his own identity and stuff and yeah it's 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 ultimately quite sad but also um he was like you say a mainstream figure and was very much himself to the end so uh yeah no sad sad that he's uh passed <laughs> also fun fact Little Richard was one of the first people that I looked up on Encarta when I had it on one of those CD-ROMs. Oh my god, I loved Encarta. <laughs> yeah, I loved Encarta too, because I had a computer, but it had no internet on it, so I just had that for, like, learning it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember really clearly, like, that was, um, like, he was one of the first people I looked oh my up god. using Encarta. <laughs> it's like, I remember weird things like that. Like, I remember that, and I remember the first song I downloaded on like a legal um software where you can do that um, absolutely was goldfish and paracetamol by catatonia ah. so <laughs> yeah great choices you've made in your technological life I think so well in the realm of things you've been watching maybe it is time for us to speak about some things that uh we do agree with it's time for a little segment we like to call Mammy. quarantine so olivia what have you been watching this week reading listening to etc etc let us know well i finished oh hang on owen's just blowing his nose great um 
I finished the book Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo um, this week. Right, great. Um, which I really enjoyed. It's um, lots of different stories of um, 12, it follows the lives of like 12 different characters in the UK over sort of several decades. Most of them are black women. And um, yeah, it's like loads of different stories that like, you know, do my favorite thing of like locking together in some way. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, some of the stories were like super, super compelling and interesting. And some of them were like, just good. Um, so yeah, there was a little bit of difference there, I'd say. But um, yeah, there was uh, one that was all about life on this lesbian commune. So you've got to read it for that alone. And um, yeah, it was super queer and uh, really well written and interesting and cool. So I would recommend that. Yeah, um, it's next on my list, actually. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Coming up. I, I had it chucked to me by Tom and Jamie when I did um, a drive by hello to them. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. And um, I also found Jamie's crabby Pokemon card that he was using as a bookmark, which I then used as my bookmark. So that was nice. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Jamie, if you're listening, I would like every single book that I borrow from you in the future to have a different Pokemon card that you feel um, sort of corresponds best to that book. Oh, yeah. Nice. The mood of the book. Yeah. The mood Told of the book. through Jigglypuff. Oh, I'd love to Flare read a book that corresponds really well to Jigglypuff. That'd be a great oh, book. That would be nice. That'd be a lovely read. Yeah. Be gentle. Um, I feel a bit too traumatised for like Charizard or whatever. But, um, <laughs> Jiggly, definitely. So, and what have you been consuming this week? Um, so I, f- I feel like I've actually uh, watched like a thousand things this week. Um, we've been trying to watch like a few more films. So um, uh, just a short shout out to... Uh, we watched A Bigger Splash. Have you seen A Bigger Splash? No, I've seen Splash. Oh, right. Well, this is a bigger version of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just a giant mermaid. Made by um same guy who made Call Me By Your Name, but it's uh, prior to that. Um, it's got Tilda Swinton in. It's about, like, she's, like, a rock star, and it's just about, like tensions in human relationships and stuff like that it's quite good it's very stressful um and we feel like recently we've been watching lots of films which are like good but very stressful like midsummer was stressful this was stressful and it's just like oh i need to watch something like nice and soothing instead so then the next night we watched um this documentary we've been meaning to watch for ages um called keddy which is about the cats of istanbul because in istanbul they have loads and loads of cats um they play like a really integral part in the society of istanbul and that was a delight of a podcast especially for not a podcast of a documentary for uh, a cat lover who lives here Um, they're like all like none of them are like they're not domestic in a sense they don't belong to any one person um but they're not like like horrible but they they look like domestic cats and they um act you know you can stroke them and love them and stuff like that yeah Um, when I went to Turkey on holiday there was loads of cats that came to the house that we were staying in and there was like this like binder all about them in the (laughs) house and like pictures of them and like what their names were even though they like weren't the people's cats yes like feed them and they would like come around at certain times <laughs> yeah yeah they um they really really uh, appreciate cats in turkey and especially in istanbul i think because it was you know it's like a major port city it has over you know the past thousands of years has had loads of different like cats come from different parts of the world so you get like loads of different weird cats in istanbul and i think it just um it was a great documentary a about cats but about Istanbul and about the city which is you know it's one of my favorite places I've ever been I think it's one of the most beautiful cities and um I just loved it loads and it was really nice so I would recommend that as a documentary it's very good uh, aside from that I have absolutely stormed through the final season of Shit's Creek finally available in the UK um and I know you've watched it as well and we've obviously talked about Shit's Creek a couple times on the pod before and how big fans we are of it and the last season did not disappoint in my uh, opinion um I just think it's such a nice program <laughs> yeah uh, I really appreciate programs that that when they are um sort of in their infancy and when they're sort of writing 
what the narrative arc is going to be that there's a clear end like I love to know that um yeah it then it, it just it feels a bit more meaningful like you're like just telling a story rather than like you're letting something sprawl purely for the fact that you can just make more money season to season which like yeah no shade really because like you know people want to make money and stuff and I understand that but I do love it when it's sort of limited in that way it's like a sort of pocket of time that's been really premeditated and that things have been leading up to a finite moment rather than it could just go anywhere and it inevitably always gets worse in the last two seasons before it gets cut and it's like always a bit sad when things end that way especially when they have like a really strong start so I appreciated that Dan Levy always knew how it was going to end and had always talked about that and in my mind this ending was was basically it obviously like I don't know what didn't know what the specifics were going to be but you sort of know that the way that it has to end is that they have to in some way um get a way to sort of flourish into a new life whilst like taking the learnings of who they are now from like the experience that they've had so you sort of know it has to end like that I agree yeah I agree so I mean the show we've talked about like what a great uh vehicle it's been for queer representation um and how that's really had a great positive effect on a lot of people's lives like who've watched the show and have seen themselves in it etc um i know i don't know if we mentioned it on the pod but um we saw this video i think i sent to you where dan levy and the rest of the cast were sort of sat around they got this letter from a i think it was from a bunch of mothers oh my um, god it was from, yeah i think they're called like the the mama bears or something that's it yeah like a bunch of mums of queer kids uh who just sent this letter of thanks to for the representation that dan levy has created and you know put out in like a mainstream media way uh and that is just such a heartwarming video if you want to have a few tears about they were all queer representation all that'll do it yeah <laughs> it's uh really sweet um and I, I quite liked that um i read something uh an article uh interview with dan levy about like the end of shit's creek and um he said that um he wanted to create like a place um which was you know free of prejudice and outside of like a political sphere in the sense of like the town um that therefore like you know even when like the outside world ever does sort of come creeping into the town they sort of reject it in a way like they don't want it because it's not part of um the community they have like so in the final season uh when like moira sort of initially gets uh, offered a role back on her show she sort of like pushes it away because she's learned to like there are bigger things than than that and stuff um and also i just think that the show um sort of represents like what what happens to people when you're taken away from all the pressures and expectations of your normal life or of what your life was um and makes you live in a completely different way that you eventually like reassess what is important to you and what sort of impact you want to have on your world if you ever get to go back to it um yeah. you know like um, and if that's not a metaphor for the time we're in right now, <laughs> then what is? Totally. Obviously not intentional, but... You see these characters completely sort of stripped for parts and then they have to sort of rebuild, but they learn that the goal is not to rebuild as they once were, but to kind of rebuild in this new way. And yeah, I think you can't help but kind of project that back onto yourself and think, you know, were I in a not a, not an exact similar situation because it's not like we were millionaires who were stripped of our money and had to go and live in this town for no reason well, I was <laughs> I only think that's the only thing about Shit's Creek that like I don't I don't I have to suspend my disbelief very very hard over because you know they could it's not as though they can't live anywhere else like why why do they have to go there because they have I think the the premise right is they have zero money and but they own this town so they can go and live in it which is a bit because yeah because they, they they're still like paying to st initially to stay in the motel and stuff that yeah they could just stay in a motel in like new york where they are from uh yeah, yeah no I, you, you do have to suspend belief but 
yeah it's worth it <laughs> yeah unless they'd have like i feel like they should have said more in the beginning that they were like gonna go and see if there were any like opportunities to um you know do some kind of development in that town to like yeah like make some money there make some money yeah because initially they just like go and live in the motel like cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no it's fine it's like not what it's about at all but um yeah i think like the the queer representation um the kind of grace that the characters show each other when clearly they're from completely different um walks of life and i think you know a lot of people um you know they they go after someone who you know for friendships and relationships who kind of look act and are exactly like them but then like what happens when you aren't afforded that sort of um that that sort of way of life and that you have to um shake things up and make connections with people who are outside of what is automatically known to you and therefore sort of trusted and um revered almost and we see these like genuine um loving relationships between like Johnny and Roland for example who in any other situation would never even have met let alone have you know a relationship that really is um based on equality and respect um especially at, at the end and whilst they're sort of still very different people in how they approach life you see that um that real respect and reverence that they have for each other that's obviously developed over time and I think it just shows what happens when you broaden your mind to different experiences and different people I guess yeah definitely I mean I you know could talk for hours about like the myriad ways that like it it's done a good job for representing so many different things I just think it's like a show that you start watching thinking like, oh yeah comedy whatever just like something you know that's lighthearted, gonna fill the time and I'm gonna have a you know it's gonna be funny but it's like so much more than that and it's it's just does the balance of still being a very funny like show for nice like little sitcom to watch kind of thing but also having all these elements of um more meaning and deeper meaning about human relationships and um uh identity and uh yeah who we are with who we are in the world and like i just i love it so much i'm so pleased i've seen it what did you think of the wedding oh <laughs> so good i was like absolutely like my jaw dropped when moira walked in in her outfit <laughs> so stunning <laughs> i mean could it have been anything else no it could not uh and she is like a character who will forever be like such a like such a well crafted uh written and like played character by Catherine O'Hara and like you know like me and you will say bebe forevermore you know <laughs> like I love things that leave an impact in that way um uh yeah no the wedding was lovely and very emotional as I thought it would be um and I'm pleased they have their stunning happy ending yeah and i loved as well um how uh, how we see alexa's character sort of go towards the end and how her and ted um spoiler alert if you haven't watched it but they um ultimately decide to part ways and it feels like sad obviously because ted's really cute but um it's the right thing and it kind of shows how much she's learned and that she's going to go it alone and that sort of self-confidence that was never there before that sort of quiet confidence in her own sort of worth and ability like beyond a relationship or beyond even her family to show that she can go after what she wants but also being respectful of the fact that like it wouldn't have been right for her to stay with Ted but it wouldn't have been right for Ted so yeah. sort of like learning to do the most loving thing and the best thing um even though it's like hard and stuff so I thought that was really cute and I just love Ted he's so sweet such a hun and speaking of Ted um you, have you been watching the RuPaul celebrity special whatever it's called eps on Netflix? yeah <laughs> the celebi spash um I have, I didn't until uh, this weekend, I think. And then I was like trying to look for something to watch. And I kind of was like, oh, I just want something a bit like in the background here while I do a bit of cleaning or something. So I put like the first episode of that on. Um, and actually like, um, I've watched all three apps now because I think they're coming out weekly, aren't they? Um, and uh, really enjoying it. 
um, wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I, as I did. And yeah. in the third ep, we had an extra special guest star, didn't we? You text me being like, have you watched the third ep- episode yet? I was like, no. And it was our darling Ted <laughs> from Shit's Creek. The third Dustin Milligan was definitely my favourite episode. Yes, same. Um, it was felt like really, really strong. And what what I really love about it is that we see these people who, you know, have little to no relationship to drag, um, really sort of take the lid off that and just find it such an emotional experience. And we see on the last episode, Matt Eisman, who is the presenter of Ninja Warrior in the US, who is quite possibly the most like hyper-masculine man that the world has ever seen, other yes. than maybe like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, <laughs> um, taking part in this. And there was this like really poignant moment um, towards the end where he does like the runway and it's just really amazing and you just see this whole evolution of this different side of his personality coming through in his drag performance and Ross Matthews basically says like this is such a meaningful moment for me because you look like every boy that bullied me when I was growing up and to see you completely sort of submitting to this experience in a way that you know is not um it's not filled with shame it's not poking fun and it's like you really sort of leaning into it and learning something is such um, a beautiful thing to see and it made me think how you know oftentimes a lot of the onus on kind of getting through difficult situations or like changing things for good is on the victim you know in terms of bullying and things like that and a lot of it is you know it gets better you can you know do this advocacy work or start this campaign or do this that and the other and it always comes from like a place of well often comes from a place of like trauma and hurt because that's why people are doing it trying to sort of like remedy that for future generations and kids and whatever but the fact that you know he is coming from his position as a straight white man very built very sort of hyper masculine and he's taking on that role and doing that work and really enjoying it and getting something out of it and displaying it to the world like that does so much because it's not then on the victim of a situation it's on it's it's on someone who's in a position of privilege to sort of speak out in this way and that is gonna hopefully do something to have some cut through amongst those people who would otherwise maybe have um different or unpleasant opinions around things that they don't understand or maybe understand too much and feel threatened by but it kind of takes that takes the power out of that and um, gives it back to the people who have been victims of, um, you know, bullying for, you know, being different or being queer or doing drag or any of those things that we never see conflated with hypermasculinity. So I, yeah, really enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It was, it was a really nice moment and like poignant moment, powerful moment. Um, I think, yeah, like, yeah, you know, change only comes when the people who are the privileged in a situation are able to make the changes and implement them and work towards like something different because if you're the privileged one not the victim like it's so easy to you know not make any change because nothing's happened nothing bad is happening to you um and yeah it was it was it was good to see that um yeah i just think the show uh as a whole um just really displays like the power of drag and how much that like it is transformative for people in letting them feel confident and in finding parts of their uh character that maybe they didn't know existed or that they did know existed but hadn't been able to find an outlet for or a way to um be confident in being that way of themselves and i think uh the show just does a really good job of showing how drag can be one of the ways that you can explore that um and yeah i've just really enjoyed it i think it's really great i did it definitely surprised me i kind of thought oh you know there's just so many sort of offshoots of this franchise now and is it just another way to pump out another series but actually it did surprise me by having a lot more sort of meaning and heart to it than i initially thought it would so yeah absolutely good for yeah, big fans <laughs> and we couldn't let this episode finish before we talked about 
the final lip sync challenge that happened on the end of episode three because the final song that the three of them sung and spoiler alert all joint one could be by no one other than our lord and saviour Celine. It's time for Celine Watch! So this week, um, obviously referring back to that episode that we've just been talking about, and for that final lip sync challenge, they actually performed It's All Coming Back To Me Now. And it was so emotional. It was so good. There were death drops. There were semi-splits being done. There was a lot of stalking the stage in a very uh, aggressively diva-ish way. Sort of like an aggressively haunted way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of emoting. And, um, you know, what song can do that other than um, It's All Coming Back To Me Now by none other than Celine Dion? Yeah, so, I mean, I, when, it, when, it's, when it started up, I was like, yes, here she is, Celine. And, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good, like, choice for them, those three, and, like, their journey through the, the TV show. I loved that they, all of them won because they had all, like, equally been on hashtag journeys. Um, yeah, I, I, and it was a stunning lip sync that I'm pleased to have seen in my life and shall reverberate through the ages and speaking of tracks that can reverberate through the ages it's time for track of the week lucy what is your track of the week this week um my track of the week i hope everyone's not sick of like listening to country songs um but i've just been going headfirst into it and i've actually discovered another sad modern day cowboy much like our orville peck um who and i would say this person is second only to Orville Peck um Honey Harper have you heard of Honey Harper yes yeah so he's great and uh, he's got a couple of albums and it's just proper like uh sad cowboy bops and um he uh describes himself as more sort of like cosmic cowboy um bringing in some sort of yeah space cowboy and like bringing in some like interstellar cosmic bits because he was like basically Orville Peck's really led into the country thing and I need to do something a bit different so I'm gonna go a bit like Stacey (laughs) which is fair enough um my track is Secret which is just a really great like yearning song um I really like it um but his whole back catalogue is really nice if you're into that kind of thing um he grew up as the son of an Elvis impersonator, which I find really fascinating. Um, and I read an interview where he talks about how he used to just like go and watch his dad. And um, I think, you know, there's definitely some influence there in his musical style. So yeah, that is my track of the week. What is yours? My track of the week this week is Malibu by Kim Petras. Perfect. I thought you would do that. That's why I had to find another one. <laughs> oh, I'm so predictable. Um, I did have another one in the in the back burner, but um, I could not deny it because it must be this and it must be only this. And on my <laughs> um, on my jog slash sprint slash walk that I did at lunchtime, I listened to it three times. Wow. In a row. Yeah. Because I kept getting interrupted because I'm the only one that stops for people ever because no one else can be bothered. So um, whenever there was like, I'd stop doing that and there was like a straight run, I'd just like do a little jog and put that back on. Um, But it's very iconic and um, you should watch the at-home music video, which is um, comprised of a lot of Zoom dancing of various celebrities, such as Aquaria from Drag Race fame, JVN, Jesse J, Paris Hilton, loads of Huns just absolutely just bopping along to it. And it is such a summer song. And it is like, if you need a song that makes you sort of believe as much as you possibly can in these times, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. This is it. It is. It's such a summer bop. It's great. And it's so like vintage Kimmy P, if you can say vintage Kimmy P when she's only like been around for not very long, but it is. Um, yeah I love it loads I think it's really great so we absolutely agree with creating a zoom compilation video of all of the most stunning stars in the world um, to your very own music video one day perhaps we shall do that ourselves Um, but there are some things that are not so great as we continue through this time it is uh, (laughs) and therefore it's time for a little segment that we like to call so Olivia what are you not agreeing with? I don't agree with it. This week. Well, today I um, got a push notification from ASOS. So I opened it, um, even though 
there's a lot of sketchy things about ASOS at the moment. I don't want to be like defamatory because I don't know if they're true or not. And also, um, in the normal world, like I do buy a lot of clothes from ASOS. I'm not going to lie, but um, I haven't been throughout this pandemic because in case those rumors are true, I don't want to be contributing to it. And Absolutely. I didn't open the push notification. I'm not going to lie to you about that. Well, you were pushed. You were pushed to the limit. Yeah. So I opened it and then I was like, right, this is just so not the one um they they had as like the the first image when you go onto the um like the the phone version of the website there was like yeah this girl in a dress and the um the type just said above it you can still wear dresses exclamation mark and i was just like right global global pandemic completely horrendous <laughs> and what asos is telling me is that i can still buy one of their like 25 pound dresses and that that Thank is God. meant to be the thing that i am feeling happy about like it just felt really tone deaf to me and just really just yeah not appropriate for the situation and that's not to say like people should feel like they can't buy things and that they can't consume things like I, I disagree with that like if you want to buy things buy them like you know whatever I'm not here to tell you not to do that but I felt like it just it it hit me wrong yeah no I uh, I agree it does seem like you say tone deaf very odd message to like just put up like dresses like you don't need to make it a thing about the thing that's happening you know what I mean yeah just it, don't make it, it a just... thing about the thing exactly don't make it a thing about the thing thank you <laughs> yeah um what what that's it basically so what what do you not agree with this week um so mine is like a I don't agree with it but also I kind of agree with it so um love those ones yeah yeah I just you know there's caveats to it um so I don't agree with the fact that this, well, the very, very sad and disappointing news and sort of um, idea that's been put forward that post-pandemic, um, whenever that will be and how our life will be then, the hotel buffet is probably going to have to say goodbye. Did you get <laughs> some carry today? No, it, I've literally seen it everywhere. Oh, okay. It turns out I have a lot of buffet fans in my feed. <laughs> And to be honest, I absolutely am one of them. I adore a hotel buffet. There's nothing I like more than a breakfast buffet mm. at a hotel. There's this, and this hotel that I always stay in when I have to go um, to London for work. And it's got the best buffet possibly ever of a hotel. It's got all of the breakfast bits that you would expect, like full English things, continental breakfast, pastries, fruit. But then it also has a whole like Asian food selection of like Asian, like East Asian breakfast. So it's like bao buns, congees, gorgeous fruits, like gorgeous snacks that you can just take. And that is my absolute favorite dumplings, soup. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I always have and I'll miss that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my childhood, when I grew up, in Asia like one of the absolute highlights of our lives was when we would go on like holiday within Malaysia or Vietnam or whatever and um we would go for a, the hotel buffet and they were always just so stunning like foods from all over the world and yes yeah, some nice noodle soups some roti dal oh just everything you could ever want but then also like a pancake station and an omelet station <laughs> like just stunning so great and it's one of my like true joys in life is a hotel buffet um and but I mean, so I don't agree with the fact that we have to prop maybe wave goodbye to them for a, for a period of time. But um, also, I do kind of agree with it because I agree that we need to do the things that we need to do. So, you know, it's one of those. Like, I'm not saying, oh, like, I need my privileged buffet at the hotel <laughs> over the fact that, you know, we shouldn't make buffets. Um, and also buffets tend to actually probably be a huge waste of food because I reckon loads of hotels just throw away loads of shit, which is not great either, so which I don't agree with. But yes, I just, uh, so sad. Bye-bye buffet. And not only is it bye-bye buffet, but it's bye-bye episode. This Absolutely. The end of our, uh, what feels like quite a long episode this week. Yeah, my jaw hurts. <laughs> <laughs>
I know. Yes, I haven't spoken to anyone all day. So. I was going to say, yeah, you haven't really like been speaking in the usual way, probably. But um, yeah, hopefully this was a good outlet and some good, you know, mandatory jaw exercise for you. So Absolutely. it's very important to keep things limber at this time. Um, <laughs> as we mentioned at the end of every podcast, if you would like to follow us on all of the bits, we are at Queer Longing. We are getting close. We are fast approaching having a thousand followers on Instagram, Lucy. Woo! Like, <laughs> I can have a party when it, it happens. It could happen, like maybe this year. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Um, but it's very exciting because it was not long ago that we had 10 followers. So, you know, no. very, cool very exciting. Thank so, you so if, much. If you'd like to follow us on there for some great uh, podcast memes, then please do. And um, we also link other bits that we are reading and enjoying as well as what we talk about on the podcast. So if you're looking for that little bit extra, you can go there. Um, you can also email us um queerlonging at gmail.com and we are the same on twitter yes that's right those are all our bits we love to hear from you like we always say also if you know you're really bored and you've got nothing to do which i think is probably quite a few of you why not subscribe to the podcast on your subscription app and also more than anything why not leave us a rating five stars only and um a little um comment thing what's it called a review <laughs> that would be great and um, because we're doing like queer in the time of covid it's like maybe a slightly different podcast slash not even that different at all but you know if you've left a review before there's nothing from stopping you leaving one that is specifically about this mini series so just feel free to review again it is very helpful to us and we um, appreciate it a lot and also we just want to talk to you so just message us and tell us all of your best and most gorgeous things absolutely and uh whilst we wait for all those stunning reviews to come rolling in we will be loving you leaving you and longing for you until next time goodbye Bye. it's great and it was um a stunning lip stink lip stink <laughs> and it was a stunning a stunning lipstick oh my god <laughs> i can't do it can't say it